You're listening to Death of the Reader, Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour. We are back discussing the finale of Absolution by Murder yeah. by Peter Tremaine, otherwise known as Peter Beresford Ellis. The explosive finale. Discussing all the way to the end, chapters 13 onwards, and Herds. Uh, what is it, Flake? What's going on? I feel like I've, I've read a different book this week. You mean different to me or different to no, your expectations? So that's where, that's where we're going Different with this. to the book that I read the previous two weeks. Interesting. Yes. Tell me. I came in very tunnel visioned, I mm. want to say, yep. to this book. Despite the prodding questions that you asked me to consider the the broader political implications, mm. I think I was I was just so stuck down that rabbit hole of the normal way that historical fiction works with its history sure um and the normal way that we see puzzles in murder mystery that i kind of uh miss the forest for the trees miss the trees for the forest i'm not exactly sure which way around but one of those two let me put it this way normally on this show we like to like go back and forth and and argue with each other about things but i think i think you've hit the nail on the head here yeah um (laughs) like i i definitely want to discuss this more in the mystery section but you were you were so confident in your ability to to deduce the mystery and you you thought you knew what kind of book it was and what characters were going to be important and it was not at all what you're expecting which i think is a good thing it's good to be like surprised by a book and the scope that it's trying to take because this this novel because we're covering set in the literal dark ages the dark ages being named so because we don't know what happened then Mm. like i mean that's well i mean we know things obviously but like it is one of the least detailed like periods in history yeah. in terms of in terms of records uh, to the point that and i read this on wikipedia so it may not look i don't know if this is entirely accurate but i read a note saying that we don't even know if this happened at whitby it might have happened in some place called like strensol or some mm-hmm. like the point is the the period that we're dealing with is is very different from our our indian uh, novels where we've gone through yes. a period which obviously we're dealing with like lost history and trying to piece together the identity of the Indian people. Yeah, but it, it's still like understood over in India. There's still an yes. acceptance of what the truth is, in particular in the issues that came up often in our Indian world tour. We, we have both present, as in the time that the story is saying, we have both present and future history to help us guide the actions of the heroes in those stories yeah. and to, to like frame the, the the morals that we that we judge and the progress that is made in those books and that sort of thing. But with these like Christian 600 you know AD murder mysteries, we can do whatever we want. It's not just that we can do whatever we want. I think that Peter Tremaine is definitely trying to teach more about history he than is. any other historical novel I've ever read. Yes. You know, the, the idea that the Indian novels we read had a bit more consensus about them. For example, Vasim Khan's The Dying Day, even though that taught and educated a lot on history in the way that it constructed its mystery and its puzzles, it kind of helped you paint a bit of a canvas uh, of the context of history. <laughs> it's it's like abstract art on history, whereas the academic background of Peter Beresford Ellis as a historian coming through into this text means that 
almost the majority of it on a reread is that historiography. Oh, goodness. It's less that we described with some of the other historical novels we've covered where they give you like a foothold to go and learn more about the history and more that they teach you a lot about the history in this book to give you a foothold to put a mystery in. Yeah. That said, that's that's not to say that it is all, as I've mentioned, kind of pretty like dates and names and things like there is yeah. compelling story in here. And it's partly why I have been prodding you so much on the character of King Oswe, because he is at like the focal point of this entire discussion. And I just finished my reread, you know, before coming on to do this chat here. And I've been reading over the, the part of the novel that I think I skimmed the most, which is just the, the debates, right? Yeah. Going back and forth about the crown, like the way that you should wear your hair and the days that Isa should be held and that sort of thing. And there is a point at which the Irish, uh, the, the Irish like spokesman says, my authority is by J- St. John. You know, he is the authority that I'm using to state my claim. And then the Roman spokesperson, I, I want to say Wolford because he is like the historic representative there. Um, he counters not by saying well, my authority is by Peter who holds the kingdom of the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which is what's like historically known. But the first argument that he puts forward is, well, everybody else is following Rome. So why don't you follow Rome? <laughs> which immediately the Irish guy is like, that's a terrible argument. State your authority by God, or this is a garbage argument. And you should be like, we should not have been considering what you're saying, but that's the argument that matters. Right. Mm -hmm. The argument that by and this is the the wonderful tragedy that Peter has slipped in this like historical essay of a novel, which I love. This entire discussion doesn't need to happen. All these murders and things, all of this politics and backstabbing, the death of of Oswe's son when he tries to take the throne. The the decision's made before we even arrive. That's exactly it. Like the decision of, well, everybody else is doing it, so I should probably also do it. I can see which way the political wind is blowing is decided by Oswe's wife and Oswe's son before Oswe even gets to like sit at the table and and deal with it. I I think that's also one of the reasons that I found this novel so hard to read through the first time coming through it as like the person solving it is because so often it felt like all of that sort of dialogue talking about the power balances here was kind of meant to be a distraction. You know, the the core of the mystery is so separate from the core of the politics of this novel that me going through trying to dig out for sentences that I could come to you and say, ah, Herds, look at this sentence, which proves my point here. I just kind of ended up, you know, shrugging off all of the interesting details (laughs) in those debates and particularly that whole angle of Rome getting more power because it already has power. The the best part of the novel is when Adolf, because all this time, you know, Fidelma is like the progressive smart person who's like gets... You know, detective fiction, basically. Uh, she 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 is the detective fiction detective. Yes. But Erdolf understands the political situation. And he literally has, there were like two whole pages of him just saying, even though uh, his argument was wrapped in the words of theology, it was a political one. And he explains every little detail of how this decision has come to be made. And again, this is something that we, we cannot be 100% certain of. This is obviously Peter's position that though, Oswe was, you know, following the teachings of Coleman and the, and the Irish side, he he did a flip, mm. um, that it, it must have been a political decision. 
but most sources that I could find online, just with like a kind of a cursory research, a, a with, casual historian's exactly, eye, is, with a casual historian's <laughs> eye, which is even a bit presumptive, honestly. Um, <laughs> most most sources that I find just say, and then Oswald declared that Peter had the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and I would like to also be led into heaven. So we're going to follow Rome. I really enjoy this sort of fiction, this this sort of historical fiction. It is kind of a a funny thing that you're saying that the murder mystery is so separate from the, the political side of thing because it seems like for a while that they are going to coincide. Yes. I remember you told me like, oh, well, Fidelma is going to change Oswe's mind with a thing that she does, but all she does, and it, this is Oswe's words, not mine, uh, now that I know the who, who has done the murders, I can tell the people and that will take the sting out of my decision. Yes. So again, it's a political thing and like not to keep talking about Oswe, but like this is the beauty of his character that he is so reasonable and so respectful to Fidelma, but at the end of the day, he's a king and he just wants power. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Definitely. I mean, Ugh. that's also something that's so tangible about the way that this novel ends as we go through the entire case breakdown. We have all of the reveals, classic detective fiction style, and he gets up and he says that, and that's kind of the end. That's it. Th- that's, yeah. that's where the novel really concludes we still have like a a trailing scene where we get to see sister fidelma being invited into her own sequel it's (laughs) at the last minute yeah nothing really happens no well this is the thing it all happens off screen (laughs) Mm. um because and this is perhaps perhaps a criticism you know i i've gone about a lot for this novel but this is perhaps a criticism that though we obviously set up uh set up the the culprit guid very effectively and in some ways a bit too obviously. Yeah. She doesn't really get a chance to defend herself after like being accused. Like, you know, she, she throws a dagger in the like witness scene and like hits, uh, is it Agatha, the crazy church guy, yeah. which is great. The guy who claims to have a piece of the true cross. I love how eccentric he's, question he's, mark. In our he's notes. so sad. He's just like, uh, and he's just crying. It's very sad, but like Gwyd throws a knife and that's, that's it. That's all we see of her. And we haven't mm-hmm. seen her in many chapters. When we see her, she's always like, oh, P- poor Tain has died. But we don't really get more of her side of that, like, relationship. We don't get her, like, let me justify my crimes. She is literally stoned off screen. And Fidelma doesn't, it like, also doesn't really get anything for solving the mystery. She gets a pat on the back. You did it. And we're off to Rome now. I don't know. I don't necessarily hate that particular part of it, but like the fact that we don't really get a proper sit down with the criminal. I I think past a certain point, you really have to be committed to the history Mm. side of this novel. I agree. Like I agree. Get value out of it. Uh, And I'd almost be curious to like discuss this novel in the context where realistically, this is a piece of academic historiography. Sure. You know, if we look back at a lot of the, sources of history that we have in forms of like journals and like the one that I studied at least was Tacitus's annals from Mm. Rome. Mm. And there's a lot of just, you know, personal anecdotes and opinion that work their way into any document of history. Sure. And in some ways, this book isn't really that different. Like obviously (laughs) sister Fidelma and all of the actual events that happen are a fiction, but so much of the actual content of the book is just talking about the history in a way that (laughs) I feel like someone could accurately use this book as a source for another (laughs) academic piece of history. Yeah. I, I really do admire that about Peter's work that he has decided to get stuck in 
because, for example, uh, with with Oswe's son, I found references to him being the political driver that pushes the synod to occur. Yeah, which is a little bit different to what's in the book. It says it's his his wife in the book. It's almost most. most <laughs> this is you, you go, you go. It's almost as if <laughs> Peter. Beresford Ellis mm-hmm. had a bunch of hot takes yes. about what he thought the history well, was that's exactly and it, went yeah. to go put them in a book and was like, this isn't going to go down well <laughs> in the history community. Let's make a novel out of it. And then people can like discuss it in that context. And that kind of like softens the blow of all of the hot it, takes you, he's you, making about generally accepted history. Are you, are you telling me that the murder machine took the sting out of his out of his words? Is that what we're saying? Just like <laughs> it takes, yes. Out of Oswe, yeah. Oh. Look, I'm just saying Peter Beresford is Oswe from the past. He's time traveled to the future to tell I mean, his own story. Yeah. I'll tell us how it really happened. That is such a fascinating <laughs> parallel that I've only just realized there and is Kind of incredible, if true. So I was just saying, like, we, we don't know that Alfred was the the purse. Like, we don't know that he was killed by his father, but we do know that he was trouble and he died like shortly afterwards. I believe that's that's something that we know. So, yeah, you're you're right. Like, we're, we're taking all of these sort of floating pieces of information and trying to put them together to form a, a modern tapestry to tell the story of the Synod of Whitby with a, with a murder mystery kind of twist to it. The other quick note I wanted to chuck in before we wrap this up and go into the mystery proper mm-hmm. is I thought Br- Brother Adolf's conclusion in this novel was like a little flat to me. I, I don't know <laughs> if it picks up in any of the later novels. I hope so. But he kind of goes with the crime, if that makes sense. Once we've had that scene where uh, Oswe stands up and says, well, that's it. Like, we, we don't really have any scene where... Fidelmer and Adolf kind of get to talk to each no, other. No, no. It, it does feel like there are a couple of things from the end of this novel that were cut possibly for time, possibly because Peter wanted to sort of flesh them out further down the line, which I, I mean, there's, what was it, 50 novels at this point? So I, sh- I assume it's, I assume they have a budding relationship by they now. Have they have to. This isn't Maybe like he just got sick of Adolf sitcom. and was like, nah, screw you. You don't get an ending. I, I could understand that. I <laughs> maybe could respect he, that decision. Maybe he dies tragically to help them help her solve her best case yet. And <laughs> he then dies off he screen confesses. He dies, exactly. He dies to yellow <laughs> fever off screen. That'd be, that'd be perfect. But no, you're, you're right. Um, the, some of the characters, Gwyd and Adolf in particular, kind of just, they just kind of go away. And the final scene of the book is between Fidelma and Nameless Courier, who eats a lot of bread, um, which is fine. But like, <laughs> it would have been- weird it <laughs> It's great. It's a great scene. I was so distracted by all of his things. masticating. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> I don't remember that line, but I, I believe- No, you. the actual line is he shrugged between the mouthfuls of food ah, he was masticating, but Fidelma still takes the time to point it out to you. Yeah, she does. Well, you know, she's just thinking to it. She's distracted by his slavishness, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Good grief. I think, I think in general, I enjoyed this book, but it is obvious more than I think most other novels we've covered where the room for improvement is in this book. Yeah, no, I, I, think, that's, I think that's fair to say. And I do think you're going to get more out of this novel, again, if you have an interest in in his a strong interest in history i would say which thankfully i do so it's worked there out you go. yeah it's worked out anyhow we are discussing absolution by murder by peter tremaine all the way to the end here on death of the reader and we will be back with more of that in just a second stick around you're listening to 2ser 107.3 You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour. We are discussing Peter Beresford Ellis, 
His novel, Absolution by Murder, written under the pseudonym Peter Tremaine, and its exploration of the Synod of Whitby and all the chaos within Mm -hmm. Herds. I... I I'm feel sorry. like you have to be relishing this moment. Right I now. I feel kind of bad, <laughs> but yeah. You know, it's been a few years on this show, and I've definitely lost points before, but I don't think- I don't think it's been quite this horrible. <laughs> I, I will admit that in past weeks, I have felt quite smug whenever you've said, my goodness, how easy is this mystery? And I'm sitting over here like- there are there are so many pillars to this mystery. You've nailed one of them. One of them is I also know, very I easy. Let, let's let's just establish this in the context of Death of the Reader canon. Sure, sure. I think that if you were to pick this book any time before we began quadruple or nothing our points, mm-hmm. you would have been making a mistake. Oh, yeah, it would have been fine. But because you had so many opportunities to fill in other questions about what was going on, you've really capitalized on the structure I of have. the game. I feel like I've I've played my hand too well. Uh, because you get to do the same thing to me in the future, which is awful. Uh-oh. But but yeah, I mean, look, when a character is strangled with brute strength, and the like, one of the major physical descriptions of of of, of a female character is like, yeah, they're like really strongly built for a woman, mm-hmm. and then they have this discussion where it's like, well, a man must have done it. <laughs> like, come on, it's it's obviously cystic weird. Uh, I, I will say that it was well spotted about the poems because that is not something that I picked up on my first time through. I was not like oh, really? on top of my Sappho. Uh, yeah, I think I think I had a bit of a bit of an upper hand from uh, memes on the internet with that one. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that that's the thing that you've you've decided to one up me with during this <laughs> novel. That you have watched more memes of of viewed more memes. There is, than if, I have. if you're unfamiliar, there is a, a a bit of a, a bit of a trope amongst queer communities where mm-hmm. people will discuss like queer erasure through okay. history and how historians like. We'll be like, oh yeah, this lady lived with her best friend uh-huh. in their home, and they never married, and they were just really good friends, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, on the island of Lesbo. Yes. As soon as I saw a reference to that, I was like, I see what you're doing here. There it is. I get, yeah. I get you. You're in on the joke. Yeah, yeah. We we got there. We got there. <laughs> but there was, you know, obviously many other mysteries set up in the text. Mm. Um, like we see Brother Taron meeting up with 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 CX Wolf and Wolfric. I think that was probably my favorite. I think that really I, Interesting. I just in terms of its execution as a mystery, I don't think it was necessarily my favorite part of the story, mm. but I thought that in terms of applying the trope of your companion at the beginning of a novel secretly being the traitor, it was really obvious in a lot of ways that they were working together, but not super obvious exactly why. Yeah, I yeah, thought there was a sure. good balance there. No, and, and the justification, because he, he does talk, in, I think the very first chapter, uh, Taron talks about how his family was killed or his village was burned down by the brother of Oswe. And it's kind of a throwaway line at the time yeah. because he's just nerding out. He's like, let me tell you about all the people here and how much I know about exactly. them. I mean, they're, they're staring at the corpse of a dude who's being like strung up by Wolfric. So the, the, focus is the on context Wolfric. of that line yeah. is discussed, right? And it's very easy in the opening pages of the book to read it that way and to kind of cement your image of the character in that context. Yeah, I mean, I will agree with you because that's the clever thing about this, that situation is kind of depicted in the first chapter because we mention Alfred and we mention Oswe. We know that they're family, so we kind of expect them to be aligned with each other. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Wolfric is working with with Alfred, which means that obviously Taron must hate all of these people. Yeah which is not the case because of the internal politics of the family, which is what we get into as the book goes on, mm-hmm. which I really actually really enjoy. 
The other thing that I want to touch on is Athelnoth, which I, <laughs> I thought was Poor pretty Athelnoth. funny. I'm I'm not sure. Like in my mind, I'm not sure how you didn't you didn't pick that one. He's so obviously like hiding something. He's like like he he seems like such a suspicious character to me. Why did you kind of like what what did you think exactly his deal was? That. I guess he he read to me as a red herring. Yeah, he read to me as a red herring. Normally, it's so easy to look at a character and be like oh yeah they're too suspicious this is this is the game but i i was i was actually stumped by him in this context i think part of it was because the scenes he was presented with were often like adjacent to that the types of scenes we were discussing at the start of the book where there was a lot of debate that felt tangential so i was like oh, okay the tangent's continuing here but it wasn't yeah obviously athlonoff like he's the big twist with him is as we go on through the book, we get three more deaths. Deus did it dies, then Athanoth dies, and then C.S. Wolf dies. And just so we all know, in uh, reprintings of this book, the cover of the novel is a monk face down in a wine barrel. And I was about halfway through the book when I'd like seen that cover and I went, why have they got a monk lying face down in a wine barrel? Like that's not even <laughs> the murder we're investigating. And we got to C.S. Wolf in the wine barrel and I was like, ah, I see. It's a late, it's a late bloomer. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't have that cover. This is actually the first time I've I've heard of it. Now that you're telling I, me, it. I just found it online. Yeah. Like I was just looking up stuff about the book. But yeah. I I do love the idea that as books go on through the years, the like publishers will pick different things to like be the marketing grab for it. One, it's one of my, it's one of the great delights, particularly in mystery fiction, because we have so many reprints of classics. Christie in particular, seeing like all of the new different graphic covers that we get. I remember when we did, and then there were none. I think there were like fourteen covers that I was picking between, and I hated all of them. I, yeah. And then I finally found one. I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is perfect. Yeah, this is the one we're going with." No, I. I mean, that's just the nature of books, isn't it? I mean, I. I am looking at it right now. There are so many different. Ones. There's one with Sister Vidalma on the front. There's one with. I think it might be the brooch on the front. I I cannot tell. I cannot tell you. But there's all sorts of different covers for this novel, and they're all they're all wonderful. Although you have just sent me a, a, a copy of this cover, and the quote on the front says this novel is fast moving and unputdownable. I don't know about fast moving, <laughs> and it's it's credited. I'll be honest, I don't know okay, about that one. Chief. It's credited to Irish Democrat. I'm gonna assume it's a publication <laughs> yeah. and not a literal like. Irish Democrat, not like just some random Irish Democrat, I assume. Just some guy they picked sure. off the street and there's like, what? how would you describe the Irish Celts? And he's like, I don't know, fast moving. Yeah, fast moving, unputdownable. <laughs> you can't put us down, done. No, I love that. It is interesting though that we're talking about Athanoth being a red herring because Sister Gwyd tries to pin him as the red herring, you know? Yeah. She has, uh, in, a, in a scene that I would have loved to have had Athanoth's death be in the second part for the discussion, because having so many deaths at the end feels a bit of a, it's a bit cheap, but like we literally have the scene where Athelnoth is found hung in his room. And then two seconds later, Fidel was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is a garbage murder mystery. I know. Um, <laughs> oh, there's space to hide under the bed. I wonder if someone might have hid under there and run off when they heard people coming. Yeah, I, I did kind of like and that. And it's like solved in, instantly. In terms, yeah, in terms of like putting murders later in the novel, you know, it, it's it's a it's a faux pas according to SS Van Dyne to have more than one murder in your murder mystery. Yeah. But I did really love how the further we get into this book, just the less we care about solving them. They're just kind of like, <laughs> oh, wow, this one this one was done kind of clumsily. There's you know? a really beautiful line where Adolf says, oh, I think it's quite obvious he committed suicide. And she's like, well, how do you, how do you explain 
the wounds on the back of his head. He says, oh, well, maybe he yes. banged his head on the wall when he was hanging. And she's like, well, then show me the blood on the wall, idiots. Yeah. Like, show me the blood. <laughs> it really, it, it reads like the scene at the end of a Golden Age mystery novel where the author makes fun of you for all of the clues you missed before congratulating <laughs> you for the ones you got. Except that we don't have enough time to like go through that process. But yeah, I it know. is very cute, isn't it? I think the other interesting one was the like bit with the yellow plague. Oh my goodness. That's such a weird one. Yeah. It, it, it was so strict because it also didn't really wrap up at all. It was no. another one of those ones that kind of got left a bit hanging where it's like, oh, yep, someone else is dead due to the yellow plague. Moving on. It's like, okay, well, why did, like, I get that the yellow plague is here and people are concerned about it. But like, why was this on the screen? And I never feel like I got an answer for I, that. I have to assume, like, it's partly that historical thing of, like, posing the idea that Deus had died to the yellow plague, which I, I couldn't find anything about. I assume it's true. I trust Peter. He seems like he, he's got it going on uh, with no independent research of my own. <laughs> but like, yeah, we, we, we know that the Yellow Plague exists and that he probably died of it, I guess. But I, it it sort of feels like it's supposed to be, again, a red herring for like the murders that occur. But it doesn't. Yeah. There's, there's no like push, you know, none of the murder victims have like fake symptoms of the yellow plague put on their bodies, which I thought was like the obvious thing to put in there. Definitely. I, I think that's one of the really fascinating things about the the just general mystery the whole way through in this book is that it has so many opportunities to make things more convoluted for itself. Yeah. Um, in terms of like adding extra, you know, conflicting clues to crime scenes. But the way that it actually makes things more convoluted is by just having so <laughs> many things that don't make sense and don't tie together that it becomes a bit of a mess. It's it's like it's like staring through fog. I feel like <laughs> we've used that metaphor before. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a fun mess, of course. But yeah, yeah, it is. There's a lot of there's a lot of deaths and there's a lot of things happening that don't entirely tie together. And the things that do tie together sometimes are a little bit too straightforward almost. It's it's bizarre. Read the most recent one when it comes out because I just, I, I want to see the improvement here because to, yeah. as a debut book in a series, this is great fun. And the as, as we've said a few times, the room for improvement is so obvious. Yeah. So either, either we've been chugging along at this bizarre kind mm. of imperfect pace or there is going to be something really special, like hidden away in the middle of this series that just hasn't quite caught the public eye, at least here in well, Australia. Yeah, I was going to say the the fun deserves. part. The fun part of tackling a series this large is that what's going to happen is we're going to read the most recent novel and find out what the what the difference is, what the improvement is. Yeah, and then we're going to have to figure out. Like, was it the first book that like really sparked the imagination of the masses? Was it, was there a specific book in the middle somewhere that really yeah. changed Peter's like, you know, writing career? That's, that's going to be the fun discussion when we get to that. But there, there, there is. Yeah, we got time to read all of them. We, uh, we got, got room I, for that on the calendar. I don't know that we do, but I will, <laughs> I will read as many of them as I, I think I can get away with. Now, uh, there, there was one other mystery that I kind of charged you with solving, and that was, Ooh. well, we, we've, we've kind of talked about King Oswald's mindset a bit in the previous section. I don't know if you had anything else to kind of to kind of add to that on the on the mystery side. Did you feel like you had enough clues in retrospect to like figure out that it was a political decision and like his mindset? Did you did you how, how do you it feel? It was very hard to say. I I feel like. I could see it as I went back, which is normally the way that I gauge mystery clues, but I also don't feel like the story structured itself around making that a question you would ask unless you already had context. Yeah. 
Makes sense. The clues are definitely there, but there's no motivation for them to be clues for anything unless you're already a little bit aware of the political struggles. I'm sure there is someone out there uh, who probably got on a myth first read who's listening like, oh, Felix, you're, you're an idiot. I, I, and you I know mean, what? Maybe I am. Maybe that's why okay. I have to read these books four times over to even get a crack at the mystery. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, that's why I, I, I put it forward in part one. I was like, have this in the back of your mind because I do think that when I got to that part of the book, Awakened, this is fun. Yeah. When I got to that part of the book where Erdolf spills the beans and Oswe like shows his true colors, I went, oh my goodness, this is my favorite thing in the entire novel. I love this. I love the tragedy of this, like not even needing to happen and that this was all about politics. It's a beautiful twisty twist. Like it's, it's not, even, I don't even know if it's fair to call it a twist. Like it's, it's not like, ah, oh, like everything's coming together in my it, brain. You said it earlier this episode. It is the tragedy. Yeah. It's book. the underlying tragedy. It's the yeah. best way to put it in my humble opinion. So good work, Hertz. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like how they stone the yellow plague victim without investigating literally anything. So it's the same sort of thing. <laughs> it's just inherent with the system. That's the problems with the system. That's the problem. It's the problem. Tell you system. what, Herds, we should wrap this bit of the discussion. Also, you're getting two points. <laughs> I don't know. Did we I, not do that? I don't know Goodness. if I actually said that. I want to make sure you're getting two out of four points. Anyway, let's let's wrap things up. What's our what's our next, next week week on the show? I am challenging you. Uh oh. To solve to a dance. the brand new, freshly released Solari Gentles Woman in the Library. Woman in the Library. You might remember Solari Gentle as the the official sponsor of the first place award each review season. Mm. And the winner, in fact, of the 2021 first place with Crossing the Lines and her True. next Esteemed Victor. metafictional monstrosity oh, no. drops at the start of June. And we are going to be reading it for its debut. Herds, we're going to be covering chapters 1 to 11 to kick us off. I'm very excited to get into this. I don't even have my hands on the book yet. Glad that that's how time works. <laughs> this is Death of the Reader, your murder mystery world tour. We have been discussing Absolution by Murder by Peter Tremaine, the first book in the Sister Fidelma mystery series. We'll be back with Solari Gensel's Woman in the Library next week. See you then. You're on 2SER 107.3.